cases, it's Christmas in the workroom. Yay! Hey. Hey. Hopefully Ooh, we're on your bell. wish list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, or a one-week break from Drag Race might be on your wish list, and now you're getting that pretty much. Yeah. Um, but here we are to talk all things in the spin-off section of the Drag Race Bargain Basement and the Dragula World. Mm, yeah, this yeah, Drag Race Bargain Basement. Yeah, that's nice. I would have made when I said second tier. <laughs> yeah. you know, a bit more complimentary. I guess I guess Italia is. Yeah, no, it is. And yeah. Canada is like the is like a side. I mean, it's not the main deal, but and you can get really delicious sides. So that's how I. Would yeah, see exactly. It. So it's like the mac and cheese, mm. and like Italy is like I don't know, stale toast. What. <laughs> I was going to say one of the co- the cookies in Subway, but they're actually quite nice. So, mm. to be fair, actually, this week is probably my this has been my favorite week of of Italy, yeah. like by far. Yeah. So, um, but we will get to that we at the end. That. First, we are going to chit chat about the finale of Drag Race Canada that went. I would feel the way that all of us anticipated it going. Mm, well, I just let's just give a running order, I guess. So it's going to be Canada, then Dragula, then Italia. So if you, you want to just jump ahead to one of those. Check the show notes and you'll find out where it is. Um, going into the episode of the finale of Canada, I did think, uh, because I've been bragging that every queen I've wanted to win has won outside of the UK series, I was like, this is it. Pretty has got this. So, <laughs> so I actually did think she was going to win. But actually, as the episode progressed, I thought, well, you know, Isis did better in the in the the rap Isis did better in the sort of dancing Isis did better in the lip sync Isis did better on the runway so I was like and I don't know just I think with the reunion the episode before it just sort of reminded me like how good of a soul Isis is as well and I was like well you know what like the Strictly Come Dancing finale I was like I like them both I don't mind who wins yeah, I'd completely agree with that, both for Strictly and for for this. Uh, that I I I I felt as well that because Kendall has has always felt a bit like an also ran throughout the season, mm. but I think that there was a very strong showcasing of them and their talents. So you were kind of like left with this feeling of oh, actually, this is a really strong final three. I think that Isis and Pythia both kind of had an awful lot they brought to the table, but that Isis's story was very compelling. Mm -hmm. The talent was absolutely there. The performance was, I would say, like the performance was... I, I yeah, bet like they they perform, outperformed Pythia in in the like key parts of it, and then even in the kind of like the photo shoot bit with Priyanka, like you really got a sense of someone who's like very sure of themselves and very confident. And oftentimes, when you have someone who's experienced like extreme like negative kind of like self esteem and self confidence, that that will kind of hang over yeah into how they think and portray themselves. But Isis was like able to be very forthright and be like, no, I knew I was a good queen. Like kind mm. of, there was no pretense of like, oh yeah, no, I, God knows how I was going to do. Like, which I really respected because you've seen their story and where they've come from. Yeah. So you, like, so I think like it's, I didn't feel, also didn't feel, until we get to the judges table, I didn't feel manipulated by any of the sort of stories. And when it was kind of like each member of the final three had like a particular judge that like was able to relate to their story. And even though it did feel sort of authentic when like, you know, Tracy Melcher was sharing her experience that matched up with Isis's and that Brad was sharing his experience that matched up with, uh, was it with Kendall's? I it was thought just Tracy a bit... was, was a Kendall because it was about the black woman bodies and so like that. No, and... Brad was with Isis? No, because no, Brad was confused. definitely with... Brad... No, I think you're right. 
Maybe then it was, it was, um, I was going to say Angela Lansbury, but she was not. <laughs> no, because uh, Amanda, Brad Amanda related. Amanda Bruegel, is that who you're talking about? Amanda Bruegel, that's it, yeah. Angela no, but Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, I was about to say it again. Anyway, Angela Murder, Lansbury she wrote, related. She's starring Amanda Bruegel. I mean, I'd watch that. Angela Lansbury related to um, to the sobriety storyline that Kendall had, oh, yeah. had spoken about. And that actually, by Angela Lansbury, I do mean... Brad Gorchik <laughs> Gorchik Gorchik For I'm whatever reason Angela Lansbury Angela Lansbury Is just just She's an icon She is a legend And she is the, the moment. moment So forgive me please For raising her On this episode On this day <laughs> Yeah I know what you're saying We're totally confused Who matched up with who But yeah it, it did feel authentic I think And I thought that was quite nice But we've jumped back yeah. To the top You mentioned that The thing with Priyanka I thought that was Once again Well done on the producers A really fun way Of having a mini challenge In a finale episode Where there's normally You know But a Dragging things out, you know, I'm doing the Roz hand symbol in Friends where you have yeah. to fill time. I was like, yes, fun. Let's have the pre- f- previous winner back and have a photo shoot and just see them interact. And Priyanka is so good on camera. It's just great oh to see God, her so interact good. with them and like being shady and everything. So I thought, what a fun, like probably the most fun idea for a mini challenge, I think, for one of the yeah. episodes I've ever seen. I Also, I loved, like, because that's what we've talked about consistently with Canada, is that they take elements of the show that have already existed and then they innovate with them. And mm-hmm. this photo shoot was a great sort of replacement for the podcast because yes. it was kind of like a natural space for them to have a conversation with a peer who knew what they were going through about how they were feeling about the competition. And, like... Priyanka, like now they're there. I don't know how well this would go next year if they do it again with Isis, because I'm not sure that, that she has the same sort of compelling can't look away from you thing that Priyanka has. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um and I also liked I suppose it, it showed you then as well about obviously how the drag scene in like the drag scene in in Canada is quite linked up because yeah. Priyanka seemed to know well, definitely knew Kendall and seemed to have known Isis as well, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of, you know, and it was fun then to see the excitement exactly, on Priyanka's yeah. face when she saw her friends there, which again, yeah, was just, was just lovely. And she didn't know who and, was going to be there, let alone who was in the top. So like, that, that was yeah. very fun. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. I did feel sorry for Pythia, who was the only one that like maybe was like less. And I thought it was good of them to put Pythia first, because I think if she had either been second or last, it would have compared un- compared her unfavorably to the other two mm. who had the pre-existing relationship with Priyanka. Yeah. But I did love her, like, creepy Wario mustached kind of big top ringmaster look. I thought that was gorgeous. Yeah. No, definitely. I thought, in terms of the performance uh, to... Brooklyn Heights song. I was like, how did Brooklyn Heights get? Why isn't it RuPaul's song? Since when is that? Uh, but then it? there was no Brooklyn Heights singing on it. It was just music. <laughs> Are we going to have to listen to a Priscilla song then next week oh. for Italian? Um, yeah, I actually thought it, they all did three solid performances. But I, I, if I had to rank them, I would have said Kendall, Isis, and then Pythia. Yeah, I, I would have agreed with that. I thought that that Kendall's like Kendall was just like professional pop star level of Mm -hmm. performance that Isis was extremely strong and the only one you saw even the like remotest hint of struggle bus from was was Pythia but even at that like with some of the car crashes that we've seen and some of these you know choreograph heavy yeah moments (laughs) in the past (laughs) it is kind of like this was definitely not one of them like let's all say a prayer to the dragaton gods oh yeah i mean absolute nightmare um 
Yeah, I was trying to remember what the name of the song was. Can you remember? Oh, it was Queen of the North. Queen of the North. Oh, yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, and you're right, then it was that, that female vocal and then the Queen's rapping. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of found a point that I've reached capacity with those songs that I can no longer be like, I, I just no. see the copy and paste nature of them all. No, completely. And I mean, like, e- even the the lyrics are very always pretty much the same. It's mm. like, you know, highlight your name, say something about yourself in the positive, talk about how you've overcome something, then have either a catchphrase or a kind of a call to, you know, yeah. dance break or something. Like, it is, like it, I think that if you're going to, to Drag Race now, you've probably already been able to write like 80% of whatever verse you plan mm. to deliver in yeah. that. That's what I like, like with like All Says, it was kind of more of a country song and stuff like it. Maybe change up the genre a bit. And I guess we saw a bit of that with Biflop. But yeah, if we change up the genre a bit, it'll create better outlets or maybe even just give them more time to sing. I don't know, they can say more. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like as part of the challenge, it's like a good staple to have in there. It creates a new sellable piece of mm. content for them. Um, but it is very much a case of diminishing returns because you think when this like first appeared on the screen, like this like blew out of the the water with Reggie Rochu and Kitty Girl, and mm. then like really, it's been like you know decreasing circles ever since that UK Hun and. Um, Break up bye bye. Break up bye bye are obviously two outliers in that, but like it, it is, yeah. I don't know how they change it up to make it fresher. I think that ultimately that sort of concept is always going to come a bit stale. Yeah. And unless they are really putting a lot of effort and energy into like creating new songs and like kind of being, staying on top of what people want to hear and like really pushing the queens to be better than maybe some of them are even able to be. And I just don't think they care that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was kind of when we did on our Instagram the head-to-heads of all the, the Rumix songs that it kind of became clear that it's like there is like a top tier and then there's a chasm and then there's like pretty much everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, it, it is like it is it, Kitty Girl reigns supreme. And then the rest of them are sort of very, 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 very distant. Well, Reggie wrote you as well. Oh, well, I think the two UK ones and those two first two All-Stars oh, yeah. ones are like the top tier and then everything else is... Even yeah, though there's a exactly. few I love, but yeah. Um, let's get on to the Coronation extravaganza. Isis is up first with her like fetish bride. And just the detail on this was kind of another reminder to be like, oh yeah, she's, it's tough to beat her. No, it, like her, like her looks throughout the season have always veered into this kind of like S and M fetish gear kind of thing, and like she has obviously got like a, like a dominatrix side to her that's mm. really interesting. Um, I I did think this look was gorgeous, but I also thought that it was probably not the time for a look like this where you were going to have to be speaking, and I found the like blue mustache kind of distracting when she had to take the thing off in order to okay. in order to speak um, and then also like she, you know that there's going to be a lip sync as part of obviously it didn't damage her chances because she won but like you know there's going to be a lip sync as part of the, mm. the final performance so would you not want something where your face is kind of 
looking although maybe the fact that it didn't look perfect and there was that thing removed and gave her an edge because it was different to just like a beautiful but it was a nice callback to a look she'd done before it was like a so i kind of thought saw it as as a journey i guess for her yeah like i felt out of out of the three of them i felt her she sort of i don't know if it was a peak but she, she hers was the highest amongst like if we line up all their looks, uh, yeah. hers was like one of the highest compared to some of the other looks we've seen. Whereas we've seen two really good ones from Pythia, and although I liked it, it wasn't like this. The the pillar wasn't as good as either of them, like the centaur or the two heads. I completely no, I completely agree with that because I thought that she was. Um, I thought that the it was a really clever idea, mm. and I what kept like I wish that she had done it in like like a marbled white instead of that silver color. Um, I think that would have been spectacular, but I guess like how do you do the veins of marble and marble and stuff? Yeah, yeah no, I didn't exactly. mind the gray. I actually didn't mind it at all. I thought it was really good from the waist up. It was just I know she she there was like a a cylindrical skirt which I guess was supposed to represent the pillar part of it. Yeah, but that bit just looked very affordable. It, yes, it did. It, it 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 looked like someone had like you know. It was a piece of fabric, yeah. as Michelle Visage would have said. Um, I, so, like, obviously, Kendall spoke at great length about the importance of, like, having that exaggerated sort of shaping and mm-hmm. how that's a celebration of, of like, particular cultural kind of stuff that, that black people don't tend to get celebrated for. But I just think that the way it puckered and the way it was sort of loose-fitting just took me so far out of the fantasy of it. Yeah. It was you like, know? yes, great representation, but you're gonna you're not gonna do it properly by even ironing or steaming your dress. It was just like it looked crinkled like. It did, it did. And I I think because like it, it like it all moved really unnaturally because you could tell that like the 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 pads were obviously sort of like not part of the body. So like it just it looked sort of yeah, it. I didn't. I didn't enjoy the the like netting skirt thing either. Yeah. The the bottom part of it. So yeah, it was definitely my least favorite look of the night. Um, but sort of consistent in terms of it's very similar to like it, it was a very Kendall gender look. You could yeah. you, you recognized it as kind of that, and it's been consistently that's been her look throughout the season. Mm. Um, even as regards to kind of like loose and bagginess and not quite fitting right. Yeah. So maybe that's just her thing. Clothes that don't fit right. But even what she wore in the mini challenge, like the the nod to oh that the was so much better paper, to the Kim Kardashian glare or whatever. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. From the yeah. Is, oh no! Sorry, I'm thinking. Sorry, no, it's from the Mecca. Yeah, Mechella, yeah. And I guess she couldn't have worn that for her finale because it isn't authentically her because it's somebody else's look. But even that was better. No, it really was, and I think it, it was be, like it was because the the like, I mean, as simple as the fact that the, the fabric was tight, yeah. so therefore it covered the body in a way that looked like this is an actual body, not like someone wearing like a one of those like old school Elizabethan dresses mm. with the stuff like tacked onto the side yeah yeah so yeah i was disappointed by that look but i wasn't written for it to win anyway so i was like mm. i don't really mind now i've written in my notes and i can't seem to remember what i'm talking about here but i wrote that they did a great spin on the photo of the younger self bit they didn't talk to them younger selves they 
did something else. Oh, yes. So they showed the photo that had been taken with Priyanka and they kind of talked about their journey. And oh, it was, yes. It wasn't kind of like, we are going to manipulate you for your kind of past. It was mm. kind of like, talk about your time here. And all of them used the opportunity to talk about how proud they were of themselves. And then that's where we got into the kind of Angela Lansbury of it all. Mm. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I also thought like all three of the queens came across as incredibly authentic yeah like just like incredibly authentic and grounded and like yeah just very honest Mm. yeah i thought it was a really fun way then to to round up that segment with the picture of brad and drag yes that was i really enjoyed it (laughs) brad has really been the breakout star of the season i feel like oh he absolutely has and i mean fair play to amanda amanda brugel and tracy melcher Mm. because honestly i've really enjoyed both of them on it as well like and as you know anyone who heard me our our conversations about series one i was not a a stan of the squirrel friend no but the squirrel friend has had a glow up and she absolutely and has. Like her. She looks beautiful as well. Yeah. I mean, we do need to take a moment to talk about how beautiful the, the entire panel looked. That look, that sort of like baby blue with the pink hair mm. that Brooklyn was like absolutely stunning, spectacular. And Amanda and Tracy both look gorgeous. Brad always looks very well. Yeah. No, they've, they, I mean, the, the wardrobe and the whole beauty team behind them has been fantastic. They have not yeah. put a foot wrong. Especially no. Brooke, like, I guess... I. I mean, I I remember that she was wearing nice things in season one, but I couldn't picture one in my head. I think the one was luminous green, but I just yeah. think some of them in this season have been fantastic. I thought, except like the first three episodes and this final episode have been very strong. Yeah, I I can yeah I completely agree. Like there's there's an elvish. I also like again kind of like with Fred in the second season of Holland. Like there's a kind of a sense of owning the role a bit more. Like at the very beginning where they like did the big sports like Hoo! thing. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. And she's kind of been doing something different in that moment every week. Mm. Um, where she's been like embodying the, the the host role more as herself rather than kind of. But I guess in the first season she didn't do any of that stuff because she was just there on the panel and the like guest host was 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 uh, yeah or the guest judge was in that role. But I don't know, like the, there's just a real sense of confidence from her in the hosting of it that I'm I'm enjoying, and I do think that as a panel they work really well. So while I would love Stacey McKenzie back, I actually wouldn't be mad if they just kept it as it is now. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know, and I think like I just find Brooke's style is more edgy or something like that that I li- like. I look forward to seeing what Brooke wears more than I look forward to seeing what Rue wears. Because I just feel Rue, it's like kind of a different take on one of five different silhouettes. And then you'll get like a rogue face keeny or a rogue, you know, something that's really out there and really cool. But most of the time it's just like one yeah. shoulder, frills, big hair. Exactly. Yeah. It's because poor Zaldi has just been locked away. Mm. He doesn't know what's happening in fashion anymore because he hasn't been able to see the outside world. <laughs> Except when he was a guest judge on season 13. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to run through the returning queens and some of their final looks? I think this is possibly one of one of my favourite batch of final looks that we saw. I thought they were all they were. very strong. Do you know, I think we've talked about this a good bit before. You can often tell when the queens coming in this moment aren't wearing the look they would have worn yeah. on the thing. Every single one of these queens would have worn the look that they were wearing in this moment because they were all stunning. Yes. Like I don't think there was a, there was a, there was not a single missed 
shots in this. I mean, the ones that stand out for me were Adriana's gorgeous, like, red flamenco gown. Yeah. I, I really loved what Kimura Amor was wearing with the sort of jeweled design going Rhinestone. on. It was absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Both Suki Doll and Stephanie Prince, like, were just... Like I couldn't pick out of them who who, who those those four for me mm. like all the rest of them were brilliant all but those four for me really stood out as being creative, interesting, innovative, and just like that queen at the absolute pinnacle of how good they can look. Yeah, I mean, I felt we'd seen close interpretations to the sort of golden Asian phoenix that Stephanie brought us both with Christopher Sachi most recently and. Jujubee before that yeah but I loved that royal blue peacock feathers look that Suki Dot right I thought it was so oh good. my god it was and, and like that's the moment where the queen gets to be like give you that you know remorse of like god I wish I got to see Suki for longer and I got it for both yeah, of them absolutely I even liked Beth's like pink white sequiny look Ocean now in the old cracked egg I would have liked to have heard the story behind that one that was a bit of a choice it looked more like a, a Capri's cream egg kind of sort of well I, I was I did see that because I was like it it, it it showed that there's a comedy queen that we didn't get to see much comedy from yeah. um, and it was kind of like I, I liked the the concept mm. Um, again, I I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I you were kind of thinking to yourself that I like that she was taking that com- comedic kind of approach to, to the looks, and then you are thinking, what else would there be when you put that true. alongside the circus look as well? Yeah, uh, I thought Eve looked fantastic as well. I probably would have put Eve. I don't know, definitely up there with the other four. Anyway, the baby blue gown with the massive big puff sleeves. I think. Yeah, that reminded me very much of I think like like Lady Gaga's first met. Gala look. Okay. Oh no, that was pink. Never mind. Okay, anyway, okay, um, anyway, it sort of it had that gore, like that old Hollywood look to it. She did look beautiful. Yeah, and and like, I guess you kind of spoken a bit before about the challenge that plus size queens have for being fashionable and stuff like that. But I think she's somebody who who really manages to to be high yeah. fashion, um, and I quite like it for that. Cynthia's, I guess, the sort of goldy green. I couldn't work out what color it is. It was like a mustardy gold with like. A green hue or something, asymmetrical uh, it, one. Yeah. That one looked to me like it might not have been finale. It wasn't opulent enough. I wasn't sure. Well, I think b- both um, geometric and Cynthia Kiss, I, like their looks were both very kind of expected and basic. Like they were just sort of like skinny rakish modelish girls wearing mm. skinny rakish modelish girls dresses. Well, like they they weren't. Jeez, wasn't most... it wasn't as as as. Like, it was like the spikes coming out yeah. of it, but yeah. Well, we you knew know, like, that was her fly I... look. She doesn't else to wear, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> where else were you pulling something yeah, from? Exactly. God knows. <laughs> so then we finally get the lip sync we've been asking for for a while. I mean, we got it with Holland, but that was a bastardized version of it. Um, it's all coming back to me now by Cindy on. I think. I mean, I would have preferred. I don't stunning. know if it was two people. Like, I wish there there was some stakes for it because I know that they're technically lip syncing for the win but I don't actually but they've think... already made that choice yeah. no, they've already, they already I agree with you I would have loved to see that eyes or even you know God willing they will just actually get Celine on as a like they'll get Celine on mm. as a as a judge and I'm always used to with the finale they do like a like a, a sort of a ballad ballad for the for the last song so you know they could have they could have had a my heart will go on you know that i would have been okay with yeah. that i guess that's not the, um, the kooky gay choice that's the the 
white girl choice. <laughs> yes, it is. But no, I, I agree. I would have liked to have seen that done in kind of something where there's more of a high stakes. I did think each of the queens had like a very distinct style mm. that they went for with it. I, I would say in terms of the quality, it was between Kendall and, and Isis. Agreed. And Kendall took it a very comedic route and Isis took it like a quite a much more sincere route. And I think yeah. it was kind of somewhere a bit more in between. Um, and I think I would always see that song in such like an over the top camp way that like probably I would naturally have gravitated towards the way Kendall presented it. Mm. But then watching like Isis do it, I was like, oh no, this this is really this is really beautiful. It's great. Pop the Drag Queen does a good version. I've seen it on YouTube as well. Like it it it, it is a nice mixture of the two of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, Bob will get it right. Uh, and Priyanka's final look. I mean, hello, and those oh. arms raised. I mean, that was like, that was like Violet Chachki coming back at season seven to, or at the season eight finale to kind of be like, just just don't forget, guys, I am yeah. the original queen here. I am the, like, I am head and shoulders above. Like, it was so stunning. Yeah. So, so stunning. Yeah, definitely. And she's like, crown me again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Did I win? I'd consider it. <laughs> I like, yeah. Uh, but I think overall, another good season. I wish I got more hype. Um, but I guess people, a lot of people, you know, I'd say a big bunch of the fan group are just kind of tired or when it involves this extra effort now that there's so much drag race that they can watch on Netflix that yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to watch another one. But it was really worth watching, really well put together, a great bunch of queens, some great looks. Look forward to season three. Yeah, me too. I, I hope that they're like... I think that there's a lot of first seasons going on at the moment, which I do think kind of divide attention because mm. people are interested to see kind of well what happens. So I would say now that like people can separate the wheat from the chaff and they'll be able to say, right, well, I'm I'm not going to give the time and attention to some things. That rhyme with the tell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get there, let's jump over to Dragula, um, the outlier in our in our drag race world. Uh, the Last Supper took place, their equivalent of the reunion. Um, I can't actually really remember. I'll have to watch season three again. Um, but this did feel, it felt fresh to me. I don't know if you, if you can remember it better than me, but I liked how they did it. I thought it was, it felt more natural and less like poking for drama and for sob stories than usual. Yeah, And they weren't afraid yeah. to tear down the fourth wall and get behind the scenes to clarify points and stuff like that which that was interesting i yeah it felt much more like no holds barred than a typical reunion is and i loved the so the way that it was formatted was that the like you were seeing some of the kind of like the the settlement sort of kind of behind the scenes stuff and that you were kind of seeing the kind of like right girls you've got five minutes and like, I think the fact that you were seeing them kind of just casually interacting with each other mm. and joking a bit and and the fact that they were like joking and laughing with the Boulay brothers. But then when the thing switched back on and back into show mode, like it kind of gave it because I, I, I think that sometimes when there's too much drama, as we saw earlier on in one of the earlier cauldrons in this season, it can kind of get a bit uncomfortable. You want to know that underneath it all, the, the people that you're watching kind of like don't hate each other yeah <laughs> and i think the way they've managed to bring this together really showed like a good thing of like there was drama there was disagreements there was people who obviously don't get on but underneath it all as a cast they're all quite supportive of each other and they do believe kind of that 
they do believe in the talent of the, each of the people that were actually on the stage, which is a nice yeah. feeling to have coming out of it. When did you think it was filmed? I feel it had to have been filmed within... Like, I feel it has to have been filmed within the last month. Uh, yeah, pretty close. I'd say close to that. I think, I think it was filmed after Mary Cherry got kicked out. Because I think anything up to that point it was spoken about like when I watched it go out blah 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 and they didn't really touch on any of the sort of smaller dramas that happened after that I think they they were like okay there are going to be some fiery episodes let's film it after that because then we could talk about that yeah I, I I would agree with that like I think that the it was interesting as well hearing them talk about kind of fan reaction and talking about but then obviously I mean because when you get to say Jade Jolie having their kind of say like they, they were talking about their concern that they were going to be like that they weren't going to have properly redeemed themselves and that they weren't going to have kind of done the image restructuring that mm. they hoped to do through kind of through getting onto the getting onto the show and talking about the fan reaction to them as being not as much of a monster and only there for the drama, which like on like you can see how much Drag Race has triggered Jade mm. Jolie in that. And I was wondering because like I, I don't feel like there was much talk I mean, I don't. I didn't pay attention to what was going on on Reddit or what people were doing on Twitter about Dragula, but I felt like it was just being a really well received season. And anything I did see about Jay Judy seemed to be like, oh, that's interesting. She's on that. Okay. Yeah i I saw some stuff on Twitter. It was mostly more around the Mary and La Zavaleta versus Sigourney stuff. Um, yeah. People were making a dark joke that because Mary was sent death threats, it means that Drag Race fans are now watching Dragula. Um, so <laughs> it seems <laughs> it's just part of guess growing as a show. But I didn't see much about Jade. It, it, it's funny because I think the episode kind of tries to redeem Mary and then kind of tries to, or at least Jade kind of starts apologizing for lying about their different things behind the scenes. And, and I find being like, oh, right, okay. So she wasn't as innocent as she let on and stuff so yeah it was it was interesting yeah i like I, I they did they did seem to do like an element of damage control like that whole thing with the like oh the minute i heard that you were team captain then i i got on board and mm. it, like then they showed the like clip and i was like i don't know who this is supposed to be proving right, Sigourney or Mary? Yeah, no, I think it, because... I think it proves. Well, I don't think it, I think it proves Mary right, but I don't think it proves Sigourney wrong. Like I thought Sigourney was fair to be like it showed. It didn't show a lot of the time that Mary did spend rehearsing because it just showed the yeah. fighting, which I thought was fair. Um, yeah, and I think that like it as well. Like it, it's it's good always to remember as well that you're seeing kind of a finished like they're experiencing every minute of of what's happened there. Mm. So like the scenes that Sigourney was away at the fabric shop for, like she didn't see all of that stuff. And which I didn't know they could she... go to the fabric shop. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Cause like they like, obviously that means that there's a bit less of a sort of a, a lockdown for them. Mm. They're able to go out into the world. And even during COVID-19, they were able to go to the fabric shop. But there was a wig shortage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I guess they, I think they did a good job because remember they were like, oh, Sigourney has like manipulated the other team to thinking blah, blah, blah. When they're all just like, well, all we saw was her going off on her own. So, of course, we're going to think she's doing more work than the rest of you. And it yeah. was just, it was like a good way of mediating that argument, which maybe they felt responsible for putting ice on because of kind of how it had manifested in, on the internet and stuff. But 
it was interesting. I still don't think Mary came across particularly well overall because she did seem still quite pugnacious and looking for a fight. Yeah, I, I also think that sometimes people feel like if they can be proven, like if there's a, I was watching a documentary recently about conspiracy theorists mm. and, <laughs> and about how kind of like, as long as they're able to hang what they're saying or what they're thinking or the way they want the, the world to be viewed on like a kernel of truth, yeah, then they feel they can get away with anything. And I thought, I think the fact that Mary was able to say, but once someone clarified to me that you were the team leader, I cooperated. It's kind of like, well, the ones that like, kind of like that was true to an extent, but all like it, it sort of, that like forgives all the sins rather than like being the fact that, well, you were like, obviously uncomfortable. Like you were, uh, you were a, a, a negative influence on the whole team. And even after you, and like your, your acceptance of Sigourney as the leader wasn't a like, right. Okay, great. Let's get behind Sigourney. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Well then you're the leader, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or she didn't say, I apologize. We didn't, well, we didn't see any sort of like in that moment remorse to be like, oh, sorry, I totally got it wrong. Blah, 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 blah. It was just like, okay, fine. But, but also, I mean, the other thing about that is that like the, the, that workroom that they're in or whatever it's called, the, the boudoir, Mm -hmm. that is, um, not a big space and there was only eight of them in the room at that point and Shirley Daly or one of the other team members could have clarified to Mary no that I'm the team leader here because yeah. I'm the team leader like Ma- like Mary obviously wanted to be able to like throw doubt into the idea that Sigourney was in charge because she hated the mm. fact that Sigourney was in charge of what they were doing yeah and and we saw yeah. the same with Coco I mean we didn't see that in the episode we hear Coco be like, you know, Mary's like, well, you were in a bad mood. I was like, yeah, it was in a bad mood because you kept trying to control everything. Yeah. Can we please take a moment for Coco Kane in this episode? Oh, Coco Kane's going to win the next resurrection if there ever is one. Like, she must, she must, they must have been handed her an invitation for season five because, I mean, she was the star. Yeah, oh my God. Like, she was just, like, she was iconic. It, like, everything she said it was so sensible mm. so thought out articulate. but also like articulate but also like delivered in this like beautiful style mm. I, I like I was I she had been my favourite throughout the season anyway like kind of like her bits to camera war was my favourite I did really enjoy the looks that she brought she definitely deserved to go when she did her like terrible Miss Piggy yoke but <laughs> but I I'm, I would be excited to see her back. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. And like, she's a girl who could transition to Drag Race where she'd want a bigger audience. Mm. Yeah, no, she was great. Uh, like a real proper star. And seeing her stand up for Sigourney, I was like, ooh. Uh, yeah, no, me too. Me. I was like, yeah. God, <laughs> uh, the fun part from the production, um, I guess this ties into Mary and Sigourney as well, was like one of the anonymous questions was, Mary, can you spell delusion? And, I see Sigourney speaking in what I imagined was a joke, which was, well, can you? Like, And Mary immediately went on the defensive and started like, clapping back at her. But then there's that fun, slow zoom from the camera up onto Dali. <laughs> That's like, these are totally anonymous. Zoom. So I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I, I think as well that that sort of, a, like, that sort of a question doesn't ring true as the sort of thing that, Sigourney that would Sigourney would, would include. So, like, a kind of, yeah. Uh, I did enjoy that, though. And, like, the sort of side eye. They're kind of like, mm-hmm. like, do you know that monkey meme? The monkey puppet meme? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like there, there was sort of an element yeah. of that going on. <laughs> uh, and then we also find out that the final four are remain the final four. They're not becoming the final three, which I'd kind of hoped. I would have. I kind of thought, well, not hope, but when they reveal that they're going to tell them while they're sitting there in front of everybody, I was like, God, what a horrible way to find out. Like, at least get some of the stand up or make more pomp and ceremony out of it. But when they're all sitting down, I was like, I hope that all four of them are true because of that. I kind of guessed that that was probably the way it was going to go because they were such like a distinct group. Mm. Um, yeah, but no, you are right. Like where they have to have eliminated someone in that moment, it would have been like a really horrible way to find out. Like even at that point at which you assume that Hoso was going home. Yeah. Like particularly when like, because there was an awful lot of like, there was an awful lot of um kind of you know the the, the like near-death experiences mm-hmm. in this kind of in this you know it's like jade's cat wasn't the only person on death's door in this in, in this season and um like when hoso had like come out so like you know powerfully to kind of say you might think that i'm too young or might think that i'm inexperienced but i've you know almost you know i've i i understand how important it is to seize every moment mm. um I thought that was quite a powerful thing and then I thought like well after someone has had that kind of a response to like it being suggested that they don't belong in the finale then to be like "Mm, bye like wouldn't have been (laughs) the sound thing to do so it's gonna be interesting top four Uh, I think it's important as well to address that over Reddit recently there's been some accusations against Dali for grooming somebody when they were 15 years old so it's going to be interesting to see if the show is going to deal with that maybe it's already recorded and Dali wins maybe it's already recorded and Dali doesn't win um and I've, i actually found myself thinking about like what do we actually want as a society when we hear stuff like this like do we like do we are we vying for blood do we just like tearing people's careers down uh, so i think it's we want to limit people who abuse power from getting further power i guess so yeah i think and i was like does it deserve for them to win because should they be judged on their drag and i'm like i'm not the person to decide whether it's real or not i don't have to make that decision you know it's none of my business so maybe if they haven't decided maybe they won't let them win just on the off chance that they'll abuse the power it's very difficult to to decide Uh, yeah it really really is and like i think the awkward thing in discussing anything like this is that while in reality there's two sides and both kind of you know people deserve to have the floor and be heard until such a time as we know what the truth is for such a long time the power of the abuser has been greater than the power of the abused Mm. and the abused has not been given the platform to share their things and we're addressing that balance at the moment yeah so we're we're bringing it to a place where kind of like there is evenness and hopefully at a point we'll get to a place where someone can say this happened and people will say, well, we will look into that. And if it, you know, justice will be done if needs be. But at the moment there's a fear of saying, Oh, I don't know that I believe that. Or I don't know that I buy that because it's like, well, are you like, because it makes you kind of like put you onto the size of, of a person who, when so many of these accusations turn out to be true, mm-hmm that you don't necessarily want to be saying something that you, 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 you're, you feel compelled to just be on the side of the person who is the supposed victim in the situation until it's proven otherwise. Whereas in fact, we should be striving to try and be right down the center and not judging anyone until such time as we know 
for a fact what has happened. Well, I mean, I think it, it's. I don't think we have to be as impartial when it's just a judgment and we're not making a judgment call. At the end of the day, like I can hear that and I can decide whether I want to support Dali myself. And that's all our individual decisions to make, I guess. But if I was in, in a position like the Boulay brothers, I would feel like I would need to verify the claim. Not that I believe it's fake, but I just want to make sure it's real before I I, I take someone's dream. It's just such a difficult position. And I do not envy anyone who ends up in that position to have to make a call as to, well, they were going to win, but do we stop that happening now on the off yeah. chance that they are going to use the power and the money from the show to hurt people in a very bad way. Or even if they weren't and it was a once off and they were just mm. going to, you know, like, but then again, yeah, it's like, if it is, I don't know, it's such a complicated thing and it's so nuanced as well yeah. because, it, you know, like you, you, like you, you can't, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's such a, it's a hard one to pick apart when you sort of you as the viewing public have been invited in to kind of get to know this person and this character through a show like this and then something emerges at the end of it and like I'm going to say like honestly I've loved watching Dali on this show Mm -hmm. I have found them to be a character that I've warmed to a lot so the mountain for me is oh I don't want this person who I've developed like I don't want the person I've developed a very strong kind of like like for to be the sort of person who would do that. And it's like, and then, but then like what that like also triggers inside you this feeling of like, Oh, are you letting your judgment be clouded that you're, are you going to tell a person who has experienced potentially experienced something that their experience doesn't matter because Mm. this person has been nice and, you know, said nice things about Sigourney Beaver. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, it, it, it's it's hard. It's like it's like with what's his face from Parks and Recreation and that no um Anziz Ansari and the 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 Democratic senator Al something other whose name is completely kind of red. It's like when someone on our side and by our side I do mean the like liberal left and if there are non-liberal lefters listening and um, I love you too. But when someone on our side does something it's like always kind of like it's so conflicting because when someone on the ba- on the other side does it, it's kind of like easy mm. because it seems black and white. But now it's like no, but like Daddy's really woke and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, complicated, nuanced, very difficult. I wouldn't like to be in the Boulay's shoes. I feel like as if if there's any ounce of credibility to it that the Boulay's can see, they are the sort of show who will be one hundred percent sort of behind support for the victim of abuse and that you could even find that Dali is not featured in the finale if that is if there is something like that like I would not be surprised if they have uh, you know I feel like that's the sort of show that they're trying to create yeah. one where everyone feels safe and everyone feels empowered and believed mm, yeah true and, it, and and even and maybe I should move on from it but like it's the accuser had some so was like Dali had been texting when they were 15 explicit content is what the allegation is but then they both agreed that they both went on to have consensual sex once that person was over the age of 18 so it's like it's the grooming aspect and and i don't even know what the legalities are around that and is it about and what was said what wasn't said was it a bad joke is it inappropriate what age was dally at the time dally has spoken about being a victim of sexual abuse sometimes these things can perpetuate until they've made themselves better and it's just like it's what I think is more important is, is I guess, the cut of Dali now and what Dali will do now is more important, I guess. Yeah. 
than what happened in the past. But but it's yeah, very difficult to say. Anyway, I shall move yeah. on. Um, to Italia. I know from that to this. <laughs> from grooming to grooms. Oh. <laughs> Never, hope I never have to say um, that segment again. Um, yes, uh, in the words of the Italians, Allora, time to speak about episode five of Italia. And I think we both agree this is the best episode so far. Yeah, I mean, it was still a half an hour too long, but yeah. it definitely was like the, the strongest episode that they've had all season. Um, you know, and I think that I'm now clearly seeing who I want to win as well. Mm. Yeah. Now, if I can remember their name, that would be impressive one. Farida? <laughs> uh, Farida Cant, yeah. yes, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was still too long. Sexy Countdown. I mean, I mean, obviously it's Netflix, lost on us. We, we don't like, understand I know how we've, to spell things in the Italian. We've, but. we've just had a really long, heavy conversation about the, like, grooming and stuff. So I'm not going to harp on too much about this. Okay. But the lack, like... It, the lack of diversity yeah. in that lineup. And I'm not even going to talk, like, I mean, you know me, banging on about body diversity, that's part of what I do but also, now. racially? But that's what I was going to say. It was like, ra- like zero racial color. diversity. There, was, there wasn't even bodiness. anyone with a hairy chest. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, what about inclusion for hairy people? Like, I think there was one guy who didn't have abs. That was it. Like, still, still uh, you know, very slender man. But no, that was the only diversity I could see there was like 12 abs, one no ab. And one man had a tattoo. (laughs) So the tattooed community got represented (laughs) before. (laughs) And I just like, I I don't know, like we we had a conversation like when we were chatting about this the other day, we had a bit of conversation about kind of how eventually it it gets uninteresting looking at that lineup of people. Mm. But the other thing it does is it sends a very damaging message to people that this is what you need to strive for, that any deviation from this means that you are not considered to be attractive. You know, that this is the beauty standard that exists. And like, you know, we're seeing it expanded in other places to some degrees. And like Italy, even from the conversations they're having on the show, you see is obviously a much more closed society Mm -hmm. And they are probably a bit further off where, where maybe some of the places have come in in terms of their understanding of the queer community and embracing diversity within the queer community. But I just think, guys, like, at least get someone with some hair on his chest, you know, just so that it doesn't look like, like, you know, get someone like from at least like one other racial background. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're dead <laughs> right. Even someone who's mixed race, like it could have worked. Like, that's like <laughs> yeah. um, and also they had to stand there wiggling their bums incessantly. It was very strange. Yeah. It, there was one man who wasn't doing that. Though. I don't know if you noticed Diversity. That. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, what the, the non-wiggling bum yeah. community <laughs> was also represented. <laughs> <laughs> people who do literally anything for money the other opposite community to that was represented he was like I'm not waving yeah. my ass um, yes yeah. yeah, so that was sex countdown I mean there's probably no point talking about it I learned what the Italian for fabulous fabulosa that was uh, fabulosa because uh, I, I do think as well like this is the thing with, with this season is they've obviously just been given a load of cheap tap from Astrolab because if it sparkles it's Astrolab yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote um, that down but that's really growing up <laughs> <laughs> whenever I look up at the but like, night sky and the sparkling stars I'm like oh Astrolab <laughs> yeah but like in in any other in any other series of Drag Race 
the like letters from home and the flowers would have been the in the mini challenge segment. Yeah, this like like so like there was no need for for no. that like whole like and no one won anything from it either. Like yeah, there was no benefit. Was, to apart it. from the astro, like there was no benefit to yeah, it in terms the, of if it's except for your your ast your astrolab necklace. But yeah, I will say that you know. They got me girl on that whole letter reading. I the bastards, I the bitches, fun. the bastards. I I thought it was just so f- like so clearly the stereotype for what we imagine for Italian people, even more beyond. So it's like we hear, you know, our Mediterranean siblings are incredibly passionate people, but some of the quotes for this I wrote down. Like I'm in a long term relationship. I could never imagine saying these things to my boyfriends. Like I. He is my refuge. I was reborn without him. Life is boring. You are my first. You are my first thought in the morning. If he really did mean it, then oh no, I don't know what that one is. And then later on, it's Frida's partner that's like, "But I feel invisible to you." Like it's just, it's just so over the top and dramatic and passionate. And and like for me, it's like absolutely not anything I would ever say to anybody. But because I just think there's a certain level of description that goes into insincerity for me so i just feel if someone was like you are my refuge i'd be like that's bullshit just tell me you love me uh, yes now uh, yes i would say that i did note as as like do you know that like the cliche of like when or it's all it's on like tv shows like when someone says something as like, oh, it sounds beautiful in spanish or whatever yeah. it is and it's like well actually in this case it sounds beautiful in italian i was like what these people were reading was like like poetry mm. and it sounded gorgeous but you are right a lot of it was quite over the top i did find myself crying at every single one of them though <laughs> and it could have just been that i had a bit of a hangover but it was that like it it was it was you know i i was impressed by the like the the like the po- like can you imagine the letters that would be written by the like parents and partners of a US season, like they can barely spell with over five letters. Well, I even I just think more like English seasons or British or Irish seasons where people are just so like, you know, averse to having notions that it'd be like, sure I'm missing you anyway, I'm Italian sure isn't the dog grand. <laughs> it'll be five people like who who was it that was in the like conservatory in um in the in, in uk3 oh uh yeah uh kitty scott claus's parents kitty scott yeah. claus's parents exactly yeah like oh you you're yeah you're doing well there we're dead proud of yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh we we're chuffed to bits we're chuffed yeah. to bits that's it. Could you imagine one of those people coming out in the Italian? Yeah. Oh, we're chuffed to bits. No, not at all. You are my refuge. Yeah. <laughs> I was reborn. No, that's what. That's what I was reborn. reborn. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really liked Farida's partner. I, I is, was he Yuri? I can't remember. I don't know if I have their names then, but he. Oh, Yuri was Farida's car- um, partner. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought. Their dedication to it right. and their dynamic was really, really nice. Got a re- like oh my god! Also, like daddy, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tommaso says his celebrity lookalike is Darren Chris. I see it. Uh, I've been told to look like Darren Chris in the past. I see that less. <laughs> <laughs> More so in when he was in Glee. I don't think I look at, like less like him now. I I get. Josh from Drake and Josh more than I get Darren Chris, but I have got Darren Chris in the past. Do you have any celebrity lookalikes? 
Minister of Health James Riley, obviously. <laughs> um, I've had Seth Rogen a little bit. Okay. Uh, Josh Gad as well. Okay. Uh, Brendan Gleeson. Okay. You know. <laughs> They're getting worse. <laughs> Who's before Josh Gad? Uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, okay, let's stick, I'll stick yeah. with Seth That'll, when, when they're making a Sisterpod movie, it'll be... Seth Rogen and Darren Chris. <laughs> exactly. Also, <laughs> I'd watch yeah, that movie. Yeah, I would too. Also, Darren Chris is straight, I, I, I realised recently. How do people not know this? Yeah, he is. Also, he hosts the worst podcast with one of the Haim sisters. Does he? Get ready for a story. Get ready okay, for a tangent. I love the Haim sisters. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so... Himself and one of the Himes, I don't know what the which one are friends, and they have a podcast that I can't remember the name of, and they were in. I like am, um, as you know, pretty obsessed with Carly Rae Jepsen, and every so often I like to go and listen to a podcast that she's on because I just like hearing her chit chat, and I listened to this episode of this podcast and. First of all, the sound quality had no business being that fucking terrible for two, like, proper A-list celebrities making a podcast. And second of all, Darren Chris and Hame Girl just spoke Estee. constantly. Estee. Just spoke constantly. I would say that it was probably, like, 25 minutes in before Carly even got to say hi. And then, like, it was kind of just, like, a, particularly that Hame Girl was just, like barreling over her anytime she tried like she'd be like sort of saying like oh yeah no I was I was on this tour to do this and the Hame girl would be like oh, I toured at that place and I did this and I went to that and then this person and then like Darren with her and I was just like I hate this see those are the podcasts with people fucking whittering on about their own fucking shit when you're there to hear the guest please no yeah no that does annoy me and I like the Heim sisters because I like the music, but I also enjoy them being interviewed. But that's because I think there's three of them and they all talk over each other that they can rein each other in. Whereas I'm guessing Darren and Carly didn't know how to deal with that. No, but also like like Carly was obviously in on a bad Zoom connection and Haim's sister was on the phone. And then da- so it was like really disjointed because Darren had like beautifully crisp sound. Okay. So like you were getting the beautifully crisp the, sound of <sighs> every time she would yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Darren Chris is straight and has a bad podcast. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the actual actual makeover and the performances. Uh Avangar was up first and I wrote my notes that they look like Carrie Bradshaw and Princess Anne. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I can we talk about the, the, the guest judge who said I appreciate the idea, even though I think it's fucking horrible. I was like, that is. I was like, that's the best critique. That <laughs> just full stop. This is um, the same guy who was like prudish. He's like, there was no place for a bum at a wedding, and Priscilla was like, well, you know, we're drag queens. We like to be a bit edgy, and he was like, there's no <laughs> yeah. place. Feathers at a wedding? That's bad luck. <laughs> Um, it's like you do know you're not actually at a wedding <laughs> it's like no one's getting married here um, but except for Frida and Yuri hopefully someday yeah, hopefully. but um, I thought that Ava Hanger looked terrible <laughs> like yeah, I agree just it was horrible like she was wearing like a, a cleaning lady's tabard over 
Well, it was her mum's wedding dress, like, right? But like, she just like scrubs. She didn't make the wedding dress drag. I felt she just put herself. Did her mother like go to the wedding as like the tea lady? I <laughs> but I think that was the style, like around the war and stuff like. But it's just she never took it and elevated it. She just, I think, she just wore straight up the dress. Yeah, it wasn't a dress though. It was a pantsuit. Pant exactly. Apologies. Wedding pantsuit. Um, it was like pants and a tabard. Uh, yeah, no, it was awful. Like Carrie Bradshaw looked better. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And like, actually, was like, actually, I would say that most of the like a lot of times when it's like a family and friends makeover on Drag Race, the family slash friends don't have a huge amount of experience in performing, mm. so therefore you can sort of see the nerves. And I would say with that, with the exception of Lucretia's partner, all of the rest of them performed like exceptionally confidently. Yeah, Electra on the runway, gal pal. Seemed a bit shy just as she was coming off stage, I think. But yeah, other than that, I agree. Yeah. 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 Like, can we... I loved Electrobionic. Yeah. Um Electrobionic was next up, wasn't she? I have Farida next. She? But maybe everyone oh, in well. order. Let's just get to that though, because it was I mean, what a moment. Amazing. The best moment That's of the series. That's the moment. That's the moment of the series. Yes, definitely. And I didn't think that it was, was going to have a moment, but now it does. So that's neither did I. I was like, I was like, we are going to watch. Like there is not, there is literally not going to be a single thing that happens in this season that I am going to remember or take away from it. I was like, no, that is it. Yeah. That was like proper Drag Race. Like that was any any stage of any series of Drag Race that would yeah. have killed it, and it would an have been in the top level. and it would have yeah. won. Yes, um, and it was yeah, like it was beautifully done really unexpected because i kind of like i got the whole like the the two drunk kind of gals at the wedding mm-hmm. the mother the bride, and then like I, and then the, and the dresses the looked fantastic with, before the the blood came out yeah and then sort of like the the, the blood spills and you're like oh my god what's going on and then like the the smile and the fangs and it just was like this is mm. like it's like a it it's how to do a, like a really, really clever reveal. Yeah, like that is like a, a that is like a narrative reveal. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. It was it was like Drag Race meets Dragula, like the two of them combined. It was yeah, it was really, absolutely. really good. Um, and I actually really thought Larish was good. She's she's really ste- stepped her pussy up in the last few weeks. I thought. Yeah, I'd agree. I enjoyed I enjoyed Larish a lot. Um, I I've always quite I've always well I've always within the last like two weeks that I've been watching the show. But yeah. <laughs> um, I do know Larish is one that I I warmed to from the from the very beginning, and I thought that her partner as well. Like it was nice to like their relationship seemed kind of. I'm trying to remember now that it was her friend. No, it was, it was oh, wasn't Ava. I was thinking of Ava and the circus partner was the storyline I was thinking okay. of there. Yeah. But then it was Arish and her partner. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Because there was that whole bit about the Interceptor tour and she was like, I used to be open and drag and I'm closing myself off. All in the weeds it did. And uh, Electrobionic then yeah. was next with the gal pal. And she did that classic reveal. And I think she did it quite well of like, you know, revealing that they're, you know, showing your bum. Like, it wasn't yeah. an access chap. It was slightly different. I think she... We uh, saw Detox do it better. Oh, we did, yeah. But, like, it it wasn't yawn. I still think it was like, oh, do you know, you still, you, you executed that well. No, I would, I would agree. I thought it looked, it looked well. It was one of the best looks of the night. Easily top two looks mm. of the night. And I loved the kind of, like, there was all the red accents in it that then matched into the red dress that the, um, that the, like, little friend. Also very funny because... Like Electrobionic seems to be about seventeen foot tall, and her friend was about two foot tall. Yeah. So there was like this real, like little and large kind of storyline. Mm. Um, 
yeah, no, and I did. I loved the like edginess of the makeup that that they did uh, on the like, but like Electrobionics makeup is always like really really good, yeah. like one of the best in the series. And I loved like the edginess that she brought into her friend as well. It just reminded me watching them in the runway, watching like watching them all when they were doing their runway practice bit, and then like on the runway, I was like, you know what, Italy might make a shit series of Drag Race, but these people all have amazing natural styles. Oh, like. Oh, yeah. Did you not think that they were all, for what they wear and the sort of people they wear, they're, like, just just style oozed out of them? I would say all but one. Ava? Lukisha Labamba. Oh, yeah. Like, Lukisha Labamba, I wrote in my notes, in the words of Coco Chanel, before you leave the house, take it all off and burn it. Like, that's what she needs to do. It's all, like... I hated it so much. It was awful. It was so, so bad. Yeah, no, it really was. It was just like, you you know what? You were absolutely right. Because even now I'm thinking back, I remember when the two of them walked out together onto the stage. Oh, one thing we have to go back to, international hookup language. Um, When they said in Lakeisha's note, a, a, a night of cuddling turned into something more. I was like, ah, yes, grind your speed. <laughs> Up for some cuddles tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> So long as you're ready to leave straight after. Yeah. Um, But yes, I, 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 yes, there is a lack of polish I wouldn't even go to say it was polished. I think there's just a lack of vision. Yeah. And look, I'm not a drag queen. I a bunch of flowers. I haven't done drag in my life, right? So who am I to judge? But it just, you turn the corner and you're just like, what am I looking at? Yeah. And those, like the, the, the flower, like the things stuck onto the beards. Like it look, I don't know. It was like a pervert looking out of a bush. (laughs) (laughs) no where do we go from there i don't know (laughs) next up to the runway (laughs) i can't even remember what her partner was wearing (laughs) yakobo um because i (laughs) because i just was like what the fuck are you wearing taking a turn <laughs> it was just bad 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 and i saw it and i was like lukisha's going home which i think is fair because i think out of the remaining five she had brought yeah. the least of the competition and by least i meant zero like i don't i yeah and look i'm sure she's a lovely person great but i just haven't warmed to her as a person she annoys me i haven't warmed to what she's brought on the runway i don't think it's been good enough i'm just like yeah you know See you later. Bring back a van of She she does yeah, she she does seem to be doing kind of like a like a kind of a bimbo sort of like in the in the like workroom in the kind in the in the workroom during like the mini challenges and stuff, there's kind of like a bimbo y like quality to mm. her and she seems to do like the kind of like almost like a vaguely kind of like a Paris Hilton esque impression, kind of like simple life thing. And the the style hasn't been there. I don't understand how they've gotten this far into the competition. It got to the and final. I definitely don't. I definitely don't understand that. Like, are they going to win? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> poking out of the bush with the crown and scepter. <laughs> oh my god! Like oh. I just, so her like it was fair. Like Avangar and Lukic were clearly the worst. Um, and yeah. I thought I saw in the in the promo for this week they were like, "If you're not on the top, you're going home." Well, if they that was edited out, obviously because. Three got to the finale, and I was like, oh, "Okay, does that mean they're both going home?" I was hoping they were both going home, and if not, then I thought Avangar yeah. would stay. Um, yeah, me too. But no, fully. Now they, they I, like I liked the lip sync song. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> Heather Parisi Cesale. That was good, and I've actually gone back to listen to the songs from the season again, and there's actually two or three that I quite like. And yeah, I I do like. I mean, I know that it's kind of hit or miss with the well. Holland hasn't gone the direction of like choosing only artists who, mm. who who originated there. I guess it's kind of a smaller country, so it probably wouldn't have as deep a seam of um of of musicians. It could, it but could it did have that "Lekker with the Maida" song, which I which I do quite like that one. Yes, but I suppose like I like how Italy has done mm. every week. Yeah, there's been an Spain, Italian, yeah, yeah. and not just yeah. like an Italian language song, and Spain did that as well. Mm. So I, I thought that was that was good. Um, and also, like, Lakeisha took her shoes off, and the shoes were rolling around on stage. It was just, it was like, I honestly, <laughs> like, when the shoes came off, I was like, oh, right, that's it. Like, she's going yeah. home. And it, it just really felt like, like, it did just really feel like every single available indicator was Lakeisha's going mm-hmm. home. And I just did not understand what. Is she an like, industry plant? Like, is she plant lol? <laughs> 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 like is she fucking the, the the head of world wonder to get like what's going on i don't understand it i i don't understand it like i i remember vaguely 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 from when i was looking up i i had thought that lucisha had like a bigger social media okay. presence or was kind of like so like a bit of me was wondering like oh are they pushing through because she's like an influencer type mm. person and they want to like ensure that they catch that audience but at the same time like you know quality is evident yeah and like you can see that there's a line she fell below throughout the season I know. like she hasn't had any high points really no like i i also just think there's something deeply unsatisfying as somebody who was pretty much sent home and just saved for a dramatic flourish for a TV show that then gets to the finale. I felt that same way with Candy Muse. I now feel the same with Lukisha. Yeah. And at least for Candy Muse, you can be like, well, she is an iconic contender. She was never going to win. But with this, mm. like, who fucking knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? And then Avangar got like a five minute goodbye montage. It was like... I was. This is I was watching this and I was just like, it, this is very much like they they make the show that they feel they want to make in the moment. <laughs> like they don't make the show as it like kind of goes through. Like the, none of the like the show doesn't kind of say like right okay well we have like two minutes for this and five yeah. minutes for that and whatever. They just like as much time as is needed and actually okay she was you know whatever so we'll give her like a, 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 a like a, a, a basically a Netflix special <laughs> and <laughs> an episode of Work the World <laughs> yeah uh, to like have her own thing like they pulled they pulled out a fucking chair from her for her to sit down in I just like the decisions that these producers make are just crazy like I don't get it 
<laughs> I have to say this episode made me realize that I actually really do like Priscilla as a as a person. I'm not sure if I think they're the best hosts yet, but I actually think they're really warm and caring. And they have that really nice sparkle in their eye. And I really liked when they stood up to the guest judge to be like, you know, this is a drag competition. You, you have different standards. Yeah. And I just feel like if I was a contestant, I'd feel in safe hands around Priscilla in a way that I think maybe RuPaul and Fred would put me on edge. I feel. Yeah. Um, Supreme. And... and then I feel Supreme is kind of almost too soft with them. I just thought Priscilla got the balance quite right. And I like that. First of all, I'm going to say, like, if you're ranking the attractiveness of the RuPaul host, like, Priscilla is at the very, very yeah. top. Like, it is Priscilla, then I'd say Brooklyn, then probably... Fred. Ooh, then Fred. Mm. Yeah, then I'm not sure whether... I think just Ru and, and Supreme are just... Neither of them are my mm. cup of tea. Mm. But, um, but like, beautiful. And I do wish that he was more embodying the whole host role. I don't really love how this Tomas person has kind mm. of taken that, like that like very big central role in the hosting of the show i do actually quite like him like he seems like a nice person and like he, he does seem like a nice person tomaso but i just i tomaso okay. tomaso does seem like a, does seem like a nice person and like seems sort of caring and and again sort of like he's very kind of like wants to, the, the the queens to do well but i just feel like you know the person whose name is over the door is the person who should be kind of doing the mm. the like the bulk of the the hosting work yeah and that it sort of is very weird that the way they've kind of got this thing where he's basically the main host of the show and then priscilla kind of feels like secondary like kind of walks in as like hey i just i guess with tomaso i question his expertise like i think he is very critical about things and very like oh i didn't like that at all about things and look sure what are my credentials either but i guess it's like when I see other people like Michelle do it or Graham Norton, I, I kind of give them more slack because I'm like, well, they've been in the industry for a long time and I give more weight yeah. to their opinion. But when I hear from him, I'm like, you're just a rich kid who got famous from a reality TV show. But yeah, maybe that's a bit judgy of me. <laughs> no, I kind of I kind of get that as well because it, it does feel a bit like you're, you were an available queer influencer that they mm. could stick on the show who would bring an audience with you so they did that because if you or I ever got um, the chance to go on I'm sure like because we'd feel like we've never done well I've never done drag I'd feel like yeah I'm a fan of the show but I don't really feel in a position like to critique them so I would if I oh, would no, go completely. I'd go really nice with the critiques I wouldn't be like oh, oh that's like I, if I yes absolutely I would be supportive and I would be yeah everything would be couched in a very supportive and like from my point of view this is how I feel what you did could have been better yeah. or what you've done is perfect mm. it would never be like that's terrible how dare yeah, you exactly um, we'll be back next week Christmas week and everything don't worry we're not going to leave you high and dry uh, we'll be wrapping up Dragula at Italy Jesus two from one extreme I to know. another um, next week so make sure to join us then thank you for joining us have a lovely Christmas talk to you soon bye bye, bye.